Good morning, everyone. I'm filling in for Jody because he is encouraged to step out of the role of preaching from time to time and allow someone else to preach. And I appreciate the invitation and the honor to bring today's message on spiritual discipline number seven, taken from the book D Square, written by Phil McKinney. Now next Sunday, Jody would like to bring some final thoughts on insights from the book pertaining to what it looks like to be a devoted follower of Christ. So please make plans to come back. We always look forward to hearing Jody preach. If you're joining us online, we welcome you. We're glad that you are with us and Certainly, if you're our guest this morning, we extend a warm pine tree welcome to each and every one of you and invite you to come back at your earliest convenience. We have a 9 o'clock service, as you know, and we have an 11.15 service. I'm reminded of the little boy that went to visit a church and walked in the front door and looked up on the wall and saw a plaque. And the preacher noticed the little boy looking at the plaque, and he walked over to the little boy and said... Um, Son, can I help you? And the little boy said, Mr., um, what are all these names doing on this plaque? It has American flag on each side. And the preacher said, Well, son, um, these are the names of the men and women that we're honoring who died in service. And the little boy thought a moment. His voice started quaking, and then he started leaning towards the front door, and he said, Mister, did they die in the first service or the second service? Now, I hope, and it's my prayer, that everybody leaves here uplifted and healthy. So, for the last month and a half, we have been blessed to have six spiritual lessons and disciplines presented to us, and if practiced, they will draw a person closer to God. And if someone were to ask me, condense the book down into one single statement or summary, I would have to say it would be something like this. Every person should build their house on the unmovable, solid bedrock of Jesus. The foolish people build their house on the sand, and it collapses. But McKinney also adds in the book D-Square that it's not just about building one's house. It's about the expansion of that spiritual house, a life that can be filled by the Christ follower with blessings and adventure, But it requires submissiveness, it requires obedience and a steadfastness to God's blueprint that He has designed for you. Christ followers are called to think forward, to think to greater heights because God has something in store for you. This is a picture of one of our preaching schools which this congregation was very instrumental in constructing in Ghana, Africa. And the architect, as you may note, designed it so that it could be expanded 
and it was. The first floor was completed. They went straight into building the second floor, and now this building is bringing much glory to God by sending preachers out all through Ghana and Togo. And we thank you for your generosity in, in helping that be done. Everyone who follows Jesus should make it a goal to implement the seven disciplines that Bill McKinney has pointed out in his book. And when done, they will point you to a richer and a deeper and more meaningful relationship with Jesus. So let's briefly review the previous six disciplines and finish today with number seven. The first and essential part of the discipling process is being in the Word of God, reading, expanding one's knowledge of God through reading the Bible. When a person reads the Bible slowly and meditate upon it, they are inviting God's Spirit to come in to reveal truths, reveal the wisdom that's within the Holy Scriptures. It can be exciting, but one must purposefully and with a routine meditate upon God's Word. This is why the writer in the Hebrew letter writes, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul, spirit, joints, marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It is absolutely essential to the discipling blueprint to expand one's knowledge of God through the reading of the Bible. And you can listen to the Bible, but complement it with reading the Word of God. The second discipline, spiritual discipline, is to extend your understanding of God through prayer. I'm afraid that too many Christ followers drive through and order up via prayer. And it's almost a microwave type of prayer. Something like the little girl who wrote a letter to God and said, Dear God, <clears throat> I want you to know when I prayed to you that I appreciate my baby brother, but I'd like to remind you, I prayed for a puppy. And we often order up things from God, but it requires submissiveness. It requires a heartfelt search of one's uh, mind. When Jesus was in his earthly ministry, did his disciples say, Lord, teach us how to calm the sea. Lord, teach us how to feed the multitudes. Lord, teach us how to raise the dead. No, what the disciples yearned to learn was, Lord, teach us how to pray. They recognized the power of prayer. The speaker and the great writer, E.M. Bounds, wrote, Only God can move mountains, but faith and prayer can move God. And we want to be a part of that. The disciples recognize that. And there is power in prayer. So extend your understanding of God through the power of prayer. When the Christ follower prays, it's as if it stirs God's heart. And He has great joy in listening 
to your prayers. The third spiritual discipline is to express your knowledge of God through the memorization of Scripture. As a person reads through the Bible, try to be sensitive to those Scriptures that resonate with you. Listen to the whisper of God. Then jot them down and start building a mental inventory, a library within your heart of certain little verses that can help carry a person through the seasons of life, through those valleys, through those things that are challenging. The little scriptures, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yes, we've heard Philippians chapter 4.13, I can do all things through Christ's who, what, strengthens me. These are essential little verses. And once they're chained together, God can stitch those and help you in your Christ-following life because God is wanting you to be more involved with the Word. Read the Word and internalize the Word. If you have a smart device, there is no reason why you can't record these uh, scriptures. A significant part to the discipling blueprint is to express your knowledge of God through the memorization of scripture. The fourth spiritual discipline is to explore deeper meanings of God's word through group Bible study. When people get involved... In studying the Bible together, there is some release of power and there's a sharing experience that people have. Proverbs chapter 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron and so does one to another. This is important to come together and study with other believers. We offer a Bible class after the first service and before the second service. We offer midweek Bible class. And we're about to add a second adult Bible class at the, in the midweek. We have family time worship uh, offered for the little uh, children during the midweek. We have connect groups. Connect groups are, are wonderful to lean on each other. If you're not in a connect group or a small group, as it's often called, come see Tony. He'll get you in one. And if you would like to start one, praise the Lord. Start a connect group. The fifth formation and recommendation is to experience God by practicing spiritual disciplines. Now, when Leonard became a follower of Christ, the old Leonard died. A new spirit was given to Leonard, John chapter 3, Nicodemus. He was reborn. The new spirit is now interwoven with God's spirit. It's like a direct data link. But the new spirit is living in a body that is in and of this world, which is contrary to God. So it's important that the believer, the child of God, remembers that God is still holy. And sin, when it occurs, 
can obstruct and become a hindrance to that follower's relationship with God. It's important that that sin is confessed, that that sin is repented and asked for forgiveness. This is what helps keep the relationship between the child of God and God Himself open. And we must always be in mind that unconfessed and hidden sin is a detriment. It's toxic. It's destructive. It will hinder one's relationship with God. It must be repented. And if it's not, it could eventually jeopardize one's salvation. Hebrews chapter 6. Please don't underestimate the power of unrepented sin. Satan likes to entrap people. Even Moses wrote, You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure, your sin will find you out. And speaking with a sweet little Christian lady, not too long ago, who recently passed away, she was reflecting upon her life and the the discipling process, and she said, hmm, we don't smoke, we don't cuss, and I've never been arrested. Well, I think that's a wonderful testimony. And we laughed, we enjoyed, we embraced, we cried, and she passed away later on. But it's a wonderful thing to follow God's uh, blueprint. The sixth spiritual discipline is equip yourself to the ministry by participating in the pine tree church body. A significant piece to the discipling blueprint is not just coming to church, but being involved in the body. God has endowed everyone with talents. Jody brought to your attention last week that there is a need in the children's ministry for teachers. And that need is great so that people can teach these precious hearts and these precious souls about the love of Jesus Christ. Each Sunday, it requires 30 volunteers to operate the children's ministry. And when we go to full capacity on Wednesdays, it will require 18 more. Just round it up to 50. That's 50 volunteers every week, every quarter. Now those volunteers need a break. So if you give those 50 volunteers a break, then you need another 50. That's 100 volunteers a year to teach. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful ministry. We can, you can sign up today in the foyer. There's a sign-up sheet. And in, in, in very soon, we're going to have, thanks to Brian Stover and Craig Rapp, we're going to have a digital QR code talent survey possibly next week. So we invite you and encourage you to help in the children's ministry. And if, you're, if you have been serving, thank you. Thank you so much. And some of you have been serving for such a long time. There's a lady that I knew that worked at a children's nursery at another church. And she had on her 
wall of that little baby nursery a sign. And that sign actually was the scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. And the sign was applicable to the nursery. But the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthian church about the power of the resurrection. But she had it, and it says, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Talking about the little babies and changing the diapers. Now, she served through several presidents, I'm sure. And if you have gray hair and, and, and you've got a gray beard, and I'm talking to you men also, that we would like you to continue whatever your age is, as old as you can. So please, please consider helping in the children's ministry. And we have multiple other areas that we could use your help. Before we go on to the next spiritual discipline, which is number seven, I want to add one other thing. We appreciate your physical talents. And we appreciate so much your spiritual gifts. And while the topic of money is not mentioned often, it takes money to move the church and to pay the bills. And it is also a biblical practice to give back to God what He has blessed you with. So we encourage you, we thank you, and we appreciate and we cherish your financial support. And thank you for all those that serve in whatever capacity. The seventh spiritual discipline and formation practice is to engage the world through a committed response to Jesus. Now there's a reason it's called the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. It's because this is the part where God uses the Christ follower. And when the Christ follower becomes the Christ proclaimer, the ink on the blueprint leaps off the page. And God, through a miraculous way, starts painting the blank canvas of those that hear there is power when you engage people either verbally or in your exampleship. When you give a cup of water, when you do good deeds in the name of Jesus, that is engaging the world. To share the design, to share the purpose, to share the meaning and the reason for life. Sadly, when a person rejects God's blueprint into eternity, they will be separated from God and will be condemned, according to Scripture, to darkness and to anguish, to a place called hell, because they did not accept the free gift of Jesus while here on earth. God has a blueprint especially for you. 
Sarah Lockwood Pardee was born in September of 1839. In 1862, she married William Wirt Winchester. The couple had a child who died sadly just a few weeks after she was born. And Sarah fell into a depression. And pain was added to her depression when her husband in 1881 died of tuberculosis at the age of 43. William was the only child and successor to a large family company. Sarah, trying to rebuild her life, decided to move from New Haven, Connecticut, where they lived, to California. And there, in 1885, she moved. 1886, she bought an eight-room, modest farmhouse. The wealthy widow immediately began remodeling it. And then it turned into an expansion. And then it turned into a massive construction project. It continued for 36 years, from 1886 to 1922, the year that she died. It is built with oddities. Doors that opened into walls. Staircases that went to nowhere. Windows that would open into a dark, into a wall. With over 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, the eight-room farmhouse grew into 160 rooms, 47 staircases and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, six kitchens. Why did Sarah Winchester, heiress to the fortune generated from the sale of the Winchester Model 73 rifle, what drove her to build such an unusual and strange house that it's even called the Winchester Mystery House. We may never know. But what we do know is that there was nothing strategic. There was no master plan. There was no blueprint. When a person chooses to follow God's blueprint for them, they take back control of their lives and their eternal destiny. Many people will choose not to follow God's blueprint. And the question we have to ask ourselves, are we involved in reading God's Word? Are you extending your life in prayer to God? Are you memorizing the Scriptures? Are you coming to group Bible study? Are you involved in the church body? 
Today we ask that if you're not following God's blueprint at all, to consider following what He is offering through His Son, through Jesus. Perhaps you know in your heart that you would like to begin a relationship with the great architect. Perhaps today you would like to have the prayers of the body that could lift you up. Perhaps today is the day that you would like to say yes to Jesus, become a Christ follower, confess His name, repent, and be baptized into Christ. We have shepherds around the room. We have some that are in the back. I'll be at, up here at the front. Tony's going to lead us in a song. And we invite you, if we can help you in any way, to please come as we stand and as we sing. When peace like a river